Testing. One, two. Well, good morning. So glad to have you at Mag this morning. Would you stand with us? was buried beneath my shame who could carry that kind of weight it was my tomb used to be Jesus till I met you oh I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide for so long, it was my tomb. Jesus, till I met, but you called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness to your glorious day. Out of the darkness to 
in the house of the Lord this Sunday morning. Aren't you glad to be here? Can you give him a praise today in the house? Come on, give him a praise today in the house. Lord, we love you. Let's welcome him here. We love you today and welcome you in your place. Lord, have your way all over this building, Lord. Touch hearts, touch lives, change situations. Give hope, bring life today, we ask. Lord, and we'll thank you for it in the name that's above every name. Amen and amen. We have our ushers. We'll receive our Sunday morning tithe and offering. want to let you know or remind you that this coming Friday evening, I'll be preaching at Community Church Orange for their first of the month Friday night fire service that'll be Friday night at 7 o'clock if you could make it we'd love to see you Friday night at 7 o'clock amen Lord bless this offering Lord multiply it to your intended use Lord for to spread the gospel all over this area and we'll thank you for it in Jesus name amen 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 well, Jesus brought me out of the miry clay he set my feet, set my feet. on the rock stay he put a song in my heart today and all i could say, say is hallelujah oh let's sing that again he brought me out, brought me out. of the miry clay he set my feet, set my feet. on the rock stay he put a song in my soul today and all I could say, say is hallelujah. Can you sing it this morning? Hallelujah. 
says hallelujah He saved my soul From this world of sin He put a joy And sweet peace within He gave me love For my fellow man And all I can say
hallelujah, hallelujah. All I can say is hallelujah. Yeah. He saved my soul from this world of sin. He put a joy, can you say it? Sweet peace within. He gave me love for my fellow man. And all I can say is hallelujah. Oh, let's sing it again. He saved my soul from this world of sin. He gave me joy. He gave me love. For my fellow man, and all I can say is hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. All I can say is hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. strength amen hallelujah magnify the lord magnify the lord oh won't you magnify the lord with me blessed lamb of calvary for his grace so rich and free magnify the lord with me magnify the lord with me of Calvary, Jesus gives us liberty. Won't you magnify? Yes, won't you magnify the Lord? Blessed Lamb of Calvary, for His grace so rich and free. Magnify the Lord with me. Won't you magnify the Lord? He's worthy. Jesus gives us liberty. Won't you magnify the Lord? Oh, one more time. Won't you magnify the Lord? Oh, for His grace is rich and free. Magnify the Lord with me. Won't you magnify the Lord? Jesus gives. Oh, Jesus gives this liberty. Won't you magnify? One more time. Jesus gives. Jesus gives this liberty. Won't you magnify the Lord with me? Yeah. He is worthy. Amen. Hallelujah. He is worthy. We serve a mighty God this morning. Amen. 
Yes. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Just praise Him this morning. Oh, we magnify you this morning, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to your name, Lord. Yeah. Lift him up this morning. Thank you, Lord. Lift him up this morning. Oh, lift him up. Lift him up this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, he's here. Hallelujah. Well, are you past the point of weary? Is your burden way heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Well, let me tell you about my Jesus, yes. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He's real and he's risen. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't say. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. The good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life.
ain't no sinner that he can say. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. Good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way when there ain't no way. Rises up from the last Ain't no sinner that he can say. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. Good news is I know that he do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let my Jesus change. Your grace is all 
always with me and I'll never be alone yes come thou found come thou king come thou precious prince of peace hear your bride to you we sing come thou found of our oh let's sing it again come thou found
world he said even so come even so come quickly Lord Jesus he's the fountain of our blessing he's everything can you sing it one more time from it's it's vertical come can you sing it come the fount come the king come the precious prince of peace Hear your bride to you we sing, Lord. Come thou fount of our blessing. One more time, baby. Come thou fount, come thy king. Come thou precious prince of peace. Hear your bride to you we sing. Come thou fount of our blessing. anticipating that relief and that release aren't you looking for that day when this old mortal toil is over come thou fount praise thank you worship team for leading us into his presence thank you Jesus come thou fount Could have been on the radio last week or it could have been written 300 years ago you decide 300 years ago you know what when it's good it's good doesn't matter if it was yesterday or 300 years when it's good it's good always when it lifts him up when it brings glory to his name it's good. Amen. 
First Timothy chapter or Second Timothy chapter three, then we're going to turn to Mark. Second Timothy chapter three will be familiar to you. It says, Know this. King James says, but no. Church, wait, look up. It says, know this. In the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. It's a spiritual condition we're talking about. Unholy, unthankful, without natural affection, truce breakers, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Back it up for me, Caleb, to verse 2 again. I want to read it again. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Now, I've got to ask a question before we continue reading. Does it sound familiar? Does it sound familiar? We live in a world where everything is upside down. Where good is bad, right is wrong. Oh, but we're religious. Verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. What? Exclamation point. Go back. Verse 4. Verse 5. From such people, turn away. I didn't write it. But I always encourage you when you read it, read it as written. Another translation says, from such people, run. What, what kind of people? The kind of people, everything described. I'll remind you that he's not talking about the world in these, in these passages. The world has always been this way. Paul is writing to Timothy concerning the church of the last days. When he talks about unholy, unthankful, un, un, uh, uh, despisers of good, uh, high-minded, haughty, without self-control, unthankful, dis disobedient to parents, disrespectful. He's talking about the last days church world. Having a form of godliness. But denying its power. What's its power? It's the work, the moving and the work of the Holy Spirit in His church and in His people. Denying the power 
thereof. How do I know? And you shall receive who? You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has came upon you. The Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus is the power of the church. It is the operating force in the world today. It's the Spirit of God. Without His power, there is no church. Without the moving and operating of the Holy Spirit of God, who is God? Let me remind you, He's not second God or third God. He's not, he's not in third place. He's not, he's, not, he's not the cleanup crew. The Holy Spirit is as God as God the Father. He is as God as God the Son. They are united and they are one. He is God in your life today. Having religion without God, Jude said it was like clouds without water. That it was like trees without fruit that were twice dead and plucked up by the roots. The church without the power of the living God is no church at all. He says from such, run. Get away from it. <laughs> Those of this nature, what nature? The nature that was just described to you, unthankful, unholy, unrepentant, disobedient to parents, all the things that, the, the ones that deny the power, those of this nature creep into houses and captivate silly women who are burdened with sins and led away with various desires, always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. I can tell you today, I have never seen so much information available in all of my life. Information is at your fingertips. You can read about anything you want to read about. I see Christians reading every book they can get their hands on, but they know less about the God of the Word than they've ever known in, in history. Always learning, but unable to come to the knowledge of God. When there is no power of the Spirit, there is no knowledge of the Word. Because He is the Spirit of truth that will guide you into all truth. There is no second way. He's the only way. Without His power, we're not going to make it. Without His power, our homes are falling apart. If you wonder why the society around us is falling apart, no, look no further than the church that is empty and void of the power of God. There is no power outside of His power. Always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Matthew, or Mark chapter 11, verse 12. It says, on the next day when they had returned from Bethany, he, Jesus, 
is that he was hungry. Seeing from afar a fig tree with leaves, he went to see if perhaps he might find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing except leaves. For it was not the season for figs. And Jesus said to it, May no one ever eat from your fruit again. And the disciples heard it. Mm. There was a tree <laughs> without, that had all the trimmings of being fruitful, but had no life-sustaining fruit. A fig tree without fruit is like a life and a church without power. And Jesus had no use for it. In fact, he called it, he cursed it. Mm. Verse 20. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered from its roots. Peter, calling to remember it, said to him, Rabbi, look! The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. I find it interesting that Jesus didn't even acknowledge his statement. Church, I come to bring the answer right here to what's going on in the church world today, in the school world today, in our homes today. I'll tell you right now, we have came to a place where we need to stop being awed by the fig tree miracles and start looking for the mountain moving miracles. And Peter said, Look! <laughs> wow. Jesus answered them, Have faith in God that ought to stir something in you have faith in God for truly I say to you whoever says to this mountain be removed and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes what he says will come to pass he will have whatever he says Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. Now, think about it. Doesn't say whatever your pastor asks for you when he prays for you. Oh, your pastor is certainly going to intercede for you, but that's not who he's talking to. He said, whatsoever you ask for when you pray, not if you pray. I need you to hear me today. You need to hear me today. 
What, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. And when you stand praying, forgive, forgive if you have anything against anyone. That is not an option. When you stand and pray, can I say it another way for you that does no harm to the scripture? In fact, I can reinforce it three times at least. When you pray, stand and pray, if you have something against someone, forgive them. That your Father in heaven will also forgive you your trespasses. I am telling you, Jesus is literally saying, if you don't get the unforgiveness out of your heart when you stand in prayer, we're not listening. You need to understand something. Forgiveness is not optional. Not optional. Some people have trouble forgiving because they think they're letting someone off the hook for what they brought. The, that, 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 that somehow that their wrong is going un, un, unchecked because you forgave them. I came by to tell you one more time today that forgiveness is not for them. Forgiveness is for you. When you stand in prayer, forgive them if they have anyone against anyone, so that your father, so that your father, so that your father, what does so that your father mean? Forgive them so that your father. It means literally what it says. You forgive them so he has, so he can forgive you. Because I'm going to tell you, they have never slighted you in any way even close to what we've done to him. When they were nailing his son to a cross in your place, in my place, believe me, it was us. He was sinless. I'm not. I'm not on my, I wasn't on my way to hell, by the way, because of what Adam done. I was on my way to hell because of what I've done. It was me. When they were nailing his son to a cross, the perfect lamb, in his agony and in his passion, he's already been beaten to within an inch of his very life. Most men would have died under the scourging. He's already carried his cross. And now, and now they're nailing him to a cross on my behalf. And in that moment, Bible says he could have called legions of angels. But he didn't. I'll remind you that he's God. He has all power, all authority in his hand. Heaven was at his beck and call. He didn't do any of that. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I've never been to that place. You've never done to that place. When you have him, when you have the same spirit that was in him, in you, we're talking about the power of God, then you can do what he did. 
But if you did not forgive, verse 26, I just told you this, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your sins. What I came by, thank you, Brandon. What I came by for just the next few minutes to, to talk about this morning is a heavy subject. If you're here for the first time, welcome. We love you. If you didn't get a pair of steel-toed boots on the way in, pull your seat, feet under the chair, strap on your seatbelt. Welcome to Mac. I'm talking about have faith in God. It's the answer. What's the problem? Church, I want to talk to you about the, as serious of a subject as I've ever discussed in the pulpit. I told someone this week, in all my years of ministry, I love what I do. I still love what I do. I, I can't imagine doing anything else. It, it, it is my life. It is my calling. It's who I am. But I have never felt the burden of the weight that our people are under in my entire ministry like I have felt in the last month. And it's coming from all different places, but it's mostly manifesting in our children. Mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, I've warned you before, I've begged you before, I've called on you before, but never like I've called on you today. We have never lived in a time like you're in today. We are literally at the point of history that Paul wrote to Timothy about, about the time of dangerous times. I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime and neither have you. I've never seen a time where someone up for the position of on the on, uh, for a position on the highest court in the land for a lifetime appointment to make decisions on mine and your life when asked to define what it was to be a woman said I don't know I'm not a biologist. You say, what does that have to do with anything? It has everything to do with everything. This is the world that your children are being raised in in school. This is the influence that they are under. I got news for all of you. I'm going to upset some apple carts today. You think you're in the best school district in the state of Texas. Maybe if you go to Orangefield. Or maybe if you're in a small thing here in, 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 in LCM. Or, or what I'm going to hear tell you right now, you're still, under, you're still under government rule. Your teachers are still teaching what the state tells them to teach. And not everybody teaching that your precious little local school is saved or have your best interest at heart. They are teaching what the government tells them to teach. And you might as well understand that. So if you're giving your children to seizure, you can't be surprised when Romans come home. What am I to do? The very first thing you can do, if you can't do anything else, you can wake up to that fact. If you, if you are thinking anything else other than what I've just told you, you are living in la-la dream world. Oh. You weren't supposed to say that. We have great school districts. I know my child's teacher. You don't know all of them. 
My wife is an educator. I can stand up here and say all these things. She taught in the public schools. I can tell you all these things. I can tell you my wife was a born-again child, a spirit-filled child of the living God, and she had zero control over what was taught in her classroom or how they were disciplined or what was in the library or what was going on in the halls. And what, if you want to know, boy, it's going to get serious real quick. If you want to know why we have a generation of Absaloms, and we do, it's because the Davids were asleep at the well. I have never, ever seen the levels of disrespect for all things in authority as you see today. Mom and Dad, look at me. It's not cute when your two-year-old slaps you in the face and tells you no. I see you posted on Facebook. You think it's cute. It's not cute. Wear their butt out. And tell them no. You say, Pastor, that ain't your job. Then who in the world's job is it? Because I'd rather tell you right now when they're two and you think they're cute than have you bawling in my office when they're, when they're 20 and you don't know what to do with them. It's not cute. When, they're, when you're raising them with an attitude that authority means nothing. And it's rebellion, and the Bible calls it witchcraft. If they don't respect you, they'll never respect their teacher. If they don't respect their teacher, they will never respect their boss. If they don't respect their boss, they will never respect law enforcement that keeps things in order. You want to know why it's dangerous times? He told us why. For they will be lovers of money. Oh, I'm not going to get as far as I hoped. Dad, they, they, they don't really, I appreciate a good living, and man, a man ought to work. New Testament Bible says if a man does not work, he does not eat. We are, we are charged with, with, with providing for our family. It says that if you don't provide for your family, that you're less than an infidel. You should provide for their family, but I'm going to tell you what they need more than your money. They need you. More than they need the latest thing to get on the river with, the latest thing to get on the trail with, the latest, the, maybe it's the 14th one. Maybe the, more than they need the latest iPhone, more than they need the latest iPad, everything you're working for. You'll turn around one day, they'll be grown, and they won't know who you are. And they'll make a demand on your income. That's what the prodigal did. 
He came up with everything. And he said, give me what is mine. In their culture, he was saying to that, to that Jewish father, I want my inheritance. Inheritance comes when you die. Yes. He was saying to that father, you're dead to me. Right. Just give me, Amen. just give me what's coming. And when you raise without discipline, when you raise in rebellion, when you raise with no respect for authority, when you raise that whole life, they won't care whether you live or die as long as you can continue to provide. I want to tell you again, whenever someone has a problem with authority, they got a problem with God. When they're marching in the streets over police, it's not police. They're shaking their fist at. It's not God. I mean, it's not police that they're making a demand on. It's not police that they're saying, let us do whatever we want to. Unchecked. It's saying, I'll live as I please. It's all spiritual. And blasphemers. There it is. Disobedient to parents. It's not cute. At all. Why am I talking to church people about this thing? Because I pastor this church and I'm in this school and I'm around all the situations and I'm going to tell you this church is just as effective by the rebellion of a generation that hasn't been told no as everywhere else you go. The heartache and the weight and the drama that's going on in lives right now are coming from our children. To the one of you that's doing it exactly right, congratulations. I applaud you. We want to help you. To the rest, to the one that says, you're walking right down my lane, or maybe right now you're too proud to even to admit it. We're here to tell you the truth so you can not have to pay for it later if you don't hear it. You want to know what's going on in this old world? The Bible will tell you about it, and the Bible is right. What are we going to do? Look at me. You say it's bad news. No, it's truth. The tr sometimes the truth isn't always, isn't always dressed up in its Sunday best. It's the truth. He told us it was going to be that way, and we're shocked that it is. You want to know why? <laughs> we're seeing it fall all the way. When we got, I don't have to tell you. But you're all standing around wondering why we've got men winning, winning women's championships. You're bum-fuzzled. You're, you're, you're mad. You're angry. You don't know what to think about it. And you wonder why. I'm telling you why. The reason it's still happening today is because the people of God are still putting up with it. You say, oh, I don't believe all that and all that's nonsense and my kids know better. I assure you. I assure you, they don't. I assure you, when Facebook, Instagram, 
TikTok, Snapchat, and whatever other thing they've come up with. And then the com combination with that of eight hours a day, five days a week, and you, and you got them for 10 minutes before supper when, they're, when, they're, when you're running them to Sonic. You think you have all the influence because you, because it was drilled into you and you were taught and you think in 10 minutes a day that you're offsetting. You're not. I'm talking to you from a position of first-hand knowledge. I'm talking to you from a position of heartache and grief and stress. And people don't know what to do. And what do I do? And what do I do? And what do I do? I come by to remind you of something this morning. It says, it says Jesus cursed the fig tree because it didn't produce fruit. It said when it, whenever, whenever something doesn't produce fruit, it's of no use. Whenever, why am I willing to preach and say the real things I'm willing to say? Because if this tree doesn't produce fruit, then it's good for nothing. And if, you're, if, if nothing, I see more preachers spend more time in must be worn out spending all their time figuring out how to talk for 45 minutes and never say anything say something what do I do how do I change it I'm going to tell you what I've told at least four people this week in Mauriceville Texas get involved and know what's happening in your home Stand on what's true. I don't care how big the fit is. Protect your home. And remember that the condition is spiritual and must be fought by spiritual means. Church, listen to me. We're going to church and we're, we're like Peter when he saw the cursed fig tree. Oh, Rabbi, look! Oh, wow. Wow. Think about it. By now, he's seen the miracles of blind eyes opening and deaf ears unstopped. Water to wine. He's seen, he's seen the, the storm spoken to and a great calm came. And he's, wow, look, a fig tree. We are so caught up in looking for a sign. That Jesus didn't even acknowledge. Have faith in God. Why would he say that? Quit looking at the little things. All the, the we got church people chasing signs and wonders, wonders and flaky stuff. When you follow him, when you're walking with us, when you're walking in the power of God, there's going to be signs and miracles follow you. That's what the Bible says. It says he'll confirm what the word. With signs following. 
Don't get all caught up in the sideshows of what goes on whenever God speaks to something. He's he's talking about into your life the real thing. He said, have faith in God. And if you say to the mountains of your life, there are people in this room, all over this room, that you're staring at a mountain. Some of you know it and some of you haven't figured it out yet. It's a mountain you can't get around it. You can't tunnel under it and you can't go over it. If God doesn't move it, you're going to be stranded where you're at. If God doesn't move it, you're going to be overwhelmed by the mountain that you're facing. Have faith in God. How do, how do I save my family? How do I say, how do we see, how do I save my children? How do, I, how do we get out, how do we change this world that we're living in? I got a news flash for the church. Jesus never came to change the world. We got a social justice gospel going on today that the whole world is grabbing onto that they think the church is here to right the wrongs of the world and the church is not here to right the wrongs of the world. It never, you'll, you'll not find it in the word of God. It says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. See, they, they wanted him to become a king too and take over. But he had, he had swells and great crowds following him when they thought he might be their king and deliver them from Roman rule. But when they found out he'd come to die a meek death, they didn't want anything to do with him. They wanted him to right the wrongs. He said, he said we're going to give our, our, our stuff to the poor. That's a familiar. And Jesus said something really interesting. Anybody know? He said, poor will always be with you. It's not talking, he's not telling you not to be generous. He's not telling you not to help. He's telling you that he didn't come to, to change the world. To right every wrong. To fix everything that's broken. This whole world is already condemned. I don't know if you realize it or not. Can I prove that real quick lest you think I'm crazy? Turn to John chapter 3, verse 16. You know it. But he said more than John chapter 3 than in verse 16. John 3, 16, Caleb. We're going to roll through about 19, I think. This is why he did it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but the world through him might be saved. The world here is mankind. Next verse. He, that, to, he who believes in him is not condemned but he who did not believe in him is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten of the Son. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. But men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds be exposed. But he that does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they may be done in God. He just told you 
in verse 18. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He didn't have to. The world was already condemned. He came for whosoever will. That's who. It, that's what he came for. The world's not getting better. It's getting worse. There's been doctrine out there for years that says the church was going to rise up in last day's revival and take over education, take over media, take over education and media, entertainment, uh, banking, finances, all that stuff. I got a question. The seven mountain mandate. I got a question for you. How's that working out? Is the government getting better? Or worse? Is education getting better? Or worse? Is the media getting better? Or worse? Jesus didn't come to right every wrong. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came in to intervene in the hearts of men that will say yes to him. He came, he came, he came to, to change the lives of those that will walk with him. He came, he came to the ones that it says have faith in God. When you have faith in God, you have the currency of heaven. You have all that you need to change the situation. What do I do? What do I do? Pastor, what do I do? What am I going to do? I've done, I've done everything I know to do. There's, a, there's certainly a time for discipline. There's certainly a time for grounding. There's certainly a time for whatever. There's a time for all of that. But if we don't come to place of fighting spiritual battles with spiritual weapons, all the spanking, all the grounding, all the taking away, all the everything you can think of will, will end up nowhere. Have faith in God. So when you stand before your mountain, if you, when you stand and pray, get the things out of your life. Forgive the people that you're holding it against because if you don't, I'm not going to hear you. I'm talking about spiritual things. You may not like me this morning. You may not like what I had to say. And it may be, you may be sweating because this isn't the church you intended to come to this morning. But, I, but I'm telling you that the, greatest, that the greatest truth you've ever heard is being told right now that when we fight with spiritual weapons, then you're going to win spiritual battles. I'm going to tell you right now, you've got, the, you've, got to get the, you've got to get the unforgiveness out of your life so you can stand in power. When you, when you stand and ask anything according to his will, the Bible says, it says I, this is the confidence I have in him, that if I ask anything according to his will, I know that he hears me. 
1 John chapter 5. If I ask anything, and according to his will, I know that he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, then I know that I have what I've asked him for. Mom and dad, if you're screaming but you're not praying, if you're fighting but you're not fasting, If you're controlling, but you're not giving them the word. All you're doing is feeding the beast of hatred and rebellion with them. Then they will hate you worse than they did yesterday. The Bible says that the weapons, listen, we, you better accept the fact that we're in a war. Never mind what's happening between Russia and the Ukraine. It's part of what we're living in. It's bad. It's not going to get any better. I've been telling you for two years that you should start to expect war, that you should start to expect inflation, that you should start to, to expect food shortages. I told you specifically a year and a half ago, sitting in market basket when I looked around after a hurricane, that I realized that the hurricane was only temporary, but what was coming, we were going to see it all the time. And just this very week, this man that calls himself the President of the United States stood and told the world, that the food shortages are about to get real. And you know they don't admit anything. They will start, they, you can stand in front of them, you, can, you know that they will tell you that what you see, you don't see. What you heard me say, I didn't say. The things you're going through, you're not really going through it. Really, everything's great. Am I right or wrong? Oh, your, your pocketbook's not stretched. It's, the economy's better than ever. Look at Wall Street. And the gas prices, they're not really that bad. It'll be all right. So the thing, when they're telling you in front of your face, when you can see it, when you know your checkbook, you know what it's doing to you. So he stands in front of you and says, the food shortages are about to get real. What does that mean? All those things are bad. It's perilous times. But it's pale in comparison to what's happening spiritually and, and children and family that we must fight for. The weapons, uh, what did I tell you all that for? We are in a war. Not going to be. We are in a war. We are in the fight of the ages, the fight for our lives, the fight for, your, for the very existence and the very soul of the thing that is most precious to you, and that's your children and grandkids. We're in a war. What do you think the Supreme Court appointments and the men swimmers and, and all that stuff's about? It's, about? it's about your kids 
It's about changing their mind. It's about changing their thinking. It's about, per, it's about perversion taking over. It's about the lies of the enemy becoming normalized. What do you think the entertainment is where we laugh at this stuff and we, and we get or amused and we sing about this stuff and they rap about this stuff and all? It's so that it'll be accepted to a generation. It, it's a, the, the, the spiritual fight. It, it's not about it, it winning them here on earth. It's about eternity. The thief cometh not, but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly. It's about the eternal, not about the temporal. It's about, the, it's about what matters. This stuff is going, heaven and earth are going to pass away. They are, he is playing for keeps for your soul of your children. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You're in a war. The weapons, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of a fleshy nature. They're not physical. Mom and Dad, I told you, this week I'll keep t- you come to, I'm going to keep telling you, my own home, I tell my own wife, and I remind myself, you can, you can do all these things, but, if they, but what about getting in your prayer closet? There is no telling what would be done in prayer if it was done as a first assault instead of a last resort. There's no telling what could be accomplished if prayer would be the front line of offense instead of a substitute for obedience. If my people but you're called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then, then, then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I will heal their land. We have got to stop fighting a fleshy battle. We have got to stop having a form of godliness but denying its power. We have got to, we have got to assault the front lines with prayer and forgiveness and fasting and humility. We've got to put the word of God in our home and it has to be the final say, the final answer, the final result and then and only then then do we stand a chance and we don't just stand a chance then then we can't lose we cannot lose you cannot lose see I don't I'm one I believe that revival is here and more is on the way but I don't believe it'll look like anything that's ever been seen in the past if all you're wanting to do is juke and jive and butt and shout and run and snort and and speak in tongues and call that revival you have missed it. It will be a revival of humility, a revival of tears, a revival of brokenness, a revival of, of, of repentance, a revival of prayer, a revival of intercession, a revival of, 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 of putting in the knee, the, the, the knee work so we can see the power flow. 
Everybody wants what the generations before us have, but they want it for free. And I was taught this in the secular workforce, but I think it applies to the spiritual force. That the only time that work comes, that success comes before work is in the dictionary. If we're going to see the battle won in our homes, in our church, in our schools. It's going to be on our knees. Said whatever you ask for. When you stand before your mountain, stand in faith, believing and not doubting. Forgive the things against you and walk in and ask for it. Grady, we serve a big God. You're going to hear me say it again. We serve a big God. Ask big. This is no time to throw in the towel. This is no time to give up. See, I gave you the straight shooting this morning. You say, where's the good news? The good news is, is that we win when we fight. When we fight with spiritual weapons. The good news is, is you don't have to lose another child. The good news is, is you don't have to lose another battle. The good news is, is that God still does hear and answer prayer. The good news is, that you still have the power to intervene through intercession. The good news is, is he's still the same God as he was yesterday. And he'll be the same God tomorrow. The, same, the good news is, is what he done in this book, he'll do for you today. The good news is, is that he's still a miracle worker. He's still a promise keeper. He's still the light in the darkness. He's still God. That is the good news. Why do you call it the, the gospel? It means the good news. Fox is not going to give you any good news. CNN don't even know what news is. Well, neither do most, none of them do. The hardest part of your day is reading anything and discerning what's true and what's not. But I can tell you, this book will speak and it will not lie. There's one thing I know about this God, unless, unless you think we're in a hopeless world, it says, it says his arm is not short. His arm is not short that he cannot save. I want to tell you, when he reached down for me, he reached way down. He reached way down. His arm's not short. And it says his ear is not heavy that he cannot hear. He will answer your cry. And he will take you by the hand. And he will yank you up. He will yank you up. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. All over this place, I pray by your spirit that you're moving on hearts and lives today. By a live stream all over the world. Lord, I thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. 
Lord, I thank you that your word is truth and it's settled in it forever. It's settled in heaven. Lord, I thank you that your, that your word will not return unto you void, that it will accomplish what you set it forth to do. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray all over this building that faith is arising in hearts, that mountains are, are, are being moved even as we speak because faith in God is coming to the forefront. Let us know that the mountains are just a hill from heaven's point of view. Lord, even now, breathe into this place at the close of this service. Lord, it's high time we wake out of sleep. Have your way even now. We pray in Jesus' name. Brandon, I know it's just you, but if you can find that this is the move. Mountains are still being moved. Stand to your feet all over this place. This is the move, Caleb. As Brandon begins to play, first thing I want you to do is put yourself in a spirit of prayer right now where you're at. For you, you know where your family's at. You know where you're at. You know where your friends are at. You know what's going on in your life. And you're facing a mountain. Oh, you love him and you're, you're, you're inspired by what you see him do now and then, the fig tree moments. But I'm going to tell you that have faith in God. I want to encourage you to realize one more time that, he, that he's still big and he's still God and he still, he still moves mountains. Begin to sing. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. Sing it. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see it. The wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see it. Wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Somebody ask him. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Set our hearts on you. Come and do what you do. Listen, why Lord, we, we need to move. We need to move. Sing that first verse again. Are you here this morning? Is that you? Is that you? Are still being you have a mountain that you need moved this morning? Is that Strongholds you? Are still Reach out to him. Moved. Sing it to him. God, God we, we believe it. Yes, we can see it. The wonders are still what you do. He's saying have faith in God. Believe it. Bodies are still, Bodies are being, still being raised. raised. 
giants are still being slain. Do you have a giant that needs to come down? Come God, on. We believe. Come on. Yes, we come on. see it. Come on. The wonders are come on. still He's still doing it. We are here we for are you. Here Let it be the cry of your heart. You. We're here for you. Come, come and do what you do. Come lay it before we him. Come on. Fight that spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. Come, come on. I can't come. Humble you yourself do. under the mighty hand of God. Come on. Set our hearts, hearts to rise. On you. Come, come and do what you do. Because we need a move. We need a move. You got church family up here. Come gather around them. Come gather around. Lay your hands on them. Come on, church. Come on, right now, everybody. Come on. You got family up here that needs you. Come on. Come on. Cry out, we need a move. And lay your hands on your church family. They need you. They need you. They need you. Come on. They need you. We got people that need you to help move their mountain. Come on. Come on. Come on. Stretch your hands towards them. Come on. Stretch your hands towards them all over this place. There's real battles. There's real giants, real mountains, real wars going on right here. Right here. This morning. As miracles happen when you move, healing is coming in this room. Miracles happen when you move, healing is coming. Miracles happen. Miracles happen when you move. Hallelujah. Miracles happen when you move. Miracles happen. Lord, we join. We join our faith in her faith. When you move. Lord, we ask you right now to move the mountains. Lord, to give her insight, give her wisdom, give her opportunity. Lord, that you move mountains, things that she thinks are insurmountable. Lord, move the giants. Remove the giants in our lives. Lord, thank you, you that you heaven is coming. Miracles happen when you move, Lord. And healing is coming in this room. Miracles happen when you move, heaven is coming. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Set our hearts on you. All over this place. Come and do what you do. Hallelujah. We need a move.
Hallelujah. Thank you for moving mountains. Thank you for moving mountains. Thank you for moving mountains. before you leave this place today that there's nothing happening in this world that God didn't see in advance. And I want you to know that God chose you to live in this time. He could have put you anywhere. Do you understand that? He could have put you in, in, in time anywhere he wanted you and he put you here today. In spite of everything that's going on that he said was going to happen in Matthew 24, Jesus himself says, but see that you're not, see that you not worry. He, he, he says, in Matthew 24, he says, see that you're not troubled when you see these things because these things must be. This world is not out of control, it's under his control. It's not going to jump the rails and anywhere that he hasn't laid out. And he's given you and I the weapons to live in this time. And it will be. As I've said before, as Charles Dickens wrote in The Tale of Two Cities, the best of times and the worst of times. But I'm going to tell you, it will be the church's finest hour. We are living in the church's finest hour, I promise you. Because he said he's coming back for a glorious church. A powerful church without spot and without wrinkle. Listen, he puts you here. You don't have to be afraid. Have faith in God and go in his name. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck. Tell them that you love them.